0: So we're going to get in Ephesians chapter one verse 16. And I want to read, I'm, I'm going to open this Bible up and read out of it, and then I'm going to open up my truth Bible because it's the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. I like this Bible. it's uh, it's not a paraphrase. it's an actual Bible. It was written by a pastor who is a word man. You rarely have pastors write Bibles. But, but his knowledge of the Greek and Hebrew and stuff, he decided he, God laid it on his heart. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, Paul starts off by praying for the Christians. And, and I want to I just start off by making some statements because I want, I want you to pay attention. I want you to write this stuff down. You will never have faith past your knowledge of the finished work of Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm going to say that again because I'm set a, I said a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Knowledge of, of the Bible won't help you. Knowledge in your brain. Mm-hmm. Revelation knowledge in your heart will. Mm-hmm. Faith's of the heart. But I'm going to say this again. When, when, when you come to church, we hear all kinds of sermons on living right and marriage and children and... And, and Jesus died on the cross. But you will never have faith in God past your knowledge of what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection and, and what he did at the cross. And, and when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about what actually happened, revelation, what happened behind the scenes, what you didn't see with your eyes. And so when, we're, when Paul is writing the book of Ephesians... He's writing to the church in Ephesus, and let me see if I want to back up here and read before this. Um, He's going to pray over the people, and he's not going to ask that they be more dedicated. He's not going to ask that God would do anything for them. Now, I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to think about what I'm fixing to say. Now, get ready because I'm going to drop a bomb on your head. God is never going to do anything else for you. Amen. All that, now see if, you're, if you were raised in a religious setting, I just blew your head off your shoulders. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he took your place, paid for your sins, went down into hell. God accepted it and proved it by rising, raising him from the dead which made you righteous. And then when Jesus went before, well, took his blood before the throne, he sat down. He's finished with his work. He's not ever going to do anything about it. So, so whenever we start talking, and I I start talking to people about prayer, this is the hang-up, and everybody has it. There are things you have to ask him for. For instance, God, should I live in Florida, or should I move to the Panhandle tomorrow? (laughs) Thou shalt not move for another week. All right, and then rent will be real cheap after that. Okay. Um, (laughs) There are things you have to ask him for when it comes to direction. There's no scripture in the Bible where to live, who to marry. But there is things in the Bible that belong to you, and they've already been put on your account. When you walk into a bank and you have money on account, you are asking them for your money, yep. but you're not asking them if you can have it. Oh, I know. That's right. But you are, you're walking there and go, I would like, and you're making a request. When you make a request on something that's already yours, you're actually placing a demand on it, not a demand on God. You're not walking in there and going, give me the money. Well, that's ugly. You don't need to do that. But if they say, you walk in there, let's say you got $1,000 in, you want $500, and you say, I'd like $500, and they go, no. You say, excuse me? <laughs> All right, that's where, that's where Christians don't understand where we get the term name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. You walked in the bank, and you blabbed it and grabbed it. It's yours. Yeah. When you got born again, you didn't ask God to save you. He didn't come down and die on the cross and take his finger and put it on your forehead and save you. He didn't do anything. You received it. It's already there. It, it, it's already been done. It's, a, it's finished. The, the, the new birth is finished. So when, so you're not going in there going, oh, God, please, oh save me. I, want, I don't want to go to hell. want you to save me. You, well, you can pray that way all day and all night for a month and die and go to hell. Because there's no faith in that. But yet, when Christians are praying for themselves, they almost always go back to praying and asking God for something that belongs to them. Almost always. So this prayer, I want you to notice what Paul's fixing to do. I want you you to see what he says here because this is extremely important. uh, Ephesians 1 17, now let's go to 16. Ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the way you love your fellow saints, those who belong to him, I have been continually thankful that you share in his life. So I keep remembering you when I pray. I ask that the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may impart to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of who he is and what he has done for you. Now, what's he asking him? To give you something? No. He's asking you to make the Bible real to you. Because as long as you're praying from defeat, the Bible is not real to you. You have a head knowledge of the Bible, but you do not have a heart knowledge of the Bible. That is massive. Now... The day, you re- the day the Holy Ghost showed you about Jesus, you, I don't know where you were what you were doing, but you kind of had this, hmm, I died on the cross for my sins. I need to get saved. That's revelation knowledge. God, the Holy Ghost showed you that or you wouldn't know that. And I'll show you that in the Bible in a minute. I'll show you where that is in the Bible. Now, let's finish reading this because I want you to see this. I'm going to read it out of the King Jimmy in a minute, New King, New King Jimmy. All right, I pray that your heart, okay, no, 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 no. I ask the Father that he would impart to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation is of the heart, it's not of the head, of who Jesus is and what he did for you so that you will know him better. I also pray that your heart would be filled with light and that you would see for yourself and know from experience, to hoped, the hope that he called you and the purpose he wants to see fulfilled in your life. What is this hope? That the saints that belong to him will enjoy the riches of glory of an inheritance and the power, uh, in, okay, and to know his power working in them, not 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 in heaven, inside them, b- because they believe in him, a power so great it cannot be compared with any other, other power. Now let's go back and read this in the New King James. Let's read it again. Uh, I don't cease to give thanks to you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, Jesus. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint. Now, let's slow down a little bit. And look at Matthew 16, 13, and let me, let me show you about Revelation knowledge. Stay here in, in Ephesians. Let's just look on the screen. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say I, the son of man am? Now, you start to stop for a minute and think about this. They're walking around with this guy, and they really don't know who he is. They know he's a rabbi, and they know he's really doing some weird stuff. But this concept, you, we read our Bible from the new birth backwards, they didn't, they didn't have the knowledge. They're following him because he's a rabbi, and all of a sudden miracles are happening. That happened with Elisha and Elisha. That's happened with a lot of people. For them to see. Now, you understand, it says in Isaiah, Jesus had no form or comeliness. Jesus was not this handsome guy. There was nothing physical about him that would cause you to think he's the Messiah, other than a beanie cap wearing Jew. I mean, he wasn't like, oh, God. Now, contrary, Satan is beautiful. That's why God won't let you see him because many of you would be running down the road after him. And he's not ugly now, no matter how what you see in the movies. We got too much theology from movies. But Jesus had no form or comeliness that we would desire him. There was nothing about him that said, oh, he's the Messiah. Oh, my God, he's so handsome. woo GQ magazine. I don't think so. So there's hope for me, isn't there? <laughs> when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say I, the son of man, am? Now, why, why did he call himself the son of man? Now, I'm going to unload on y'all. Because everybody has always called him the son of God all through church history. But he called himself the son of man. Because when he left heaven, he left all deity behind. Though the blood flowing in his body was the blood of his father, God. He's very God. But he didn't walk as God. And he had to walk as a man and be tempted as a man. As God, he can't be tempted. And as God, he can't die. So he couldn't walk as God. God on the earth. So he had to do everything that he did, Acts 1038, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, a man. Je- the name Jesus is powerful because it's the name of a man. And let me tell you something right now when you watch Christian movies, his name isn't Christ. All the movies, have you accepted Christ and Christ? It's the name of Jesus that's above every name, not the name Christ. That's a title. My name's not Pastor, my name's Daryl. All right. When Jesus, not Christ, came in the region of Thessalonica, he has asked, who do men say I, the son of man, am? Go to the next one. And they said, some of you say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. People are guessing all the time. What do you think about this guy? And he said, who do you say I am? Go to the next one. Simon said, you're the Christ, son of the living God. Now go to look, look at what God, look at what Jesus said. Blessed are you. Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father. How did you come to a knowledge of who Jesus is? Holy Ghost showed you. Now, why did the Holy Ghost show you and not other people? Sometimes because of prayer. Well, sometimes because of your heart. Your heart has to engage before God will talk to you. That's why Judas walked with Jesus and never did see who he was. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who go to church all their life and die and go straight to hell. They don't, they don't see it. They never see it. And you've think, and you talked to people before and you're talking to them they go, ah, and, they, and they look at you like you're crazy. You go, what is wrong with you? You're, di- you're going to die and go to hell and that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I just don't want to go to church. That's stupid. Yeah. Okay. So we see that that the father revealed it to Simon. Now, everything that you want to know from God today, the Holy Ghost is going to need to reveal it to you, to your heart, not your head. Now, your head and your brain is not your soul. The, the, the psychiatrist Have no idea. You can go to college all your life. And there's not one psychologist in there that knows what a Christian knows. Mm -hmm. That you're a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. They don't know it. Because you can't put the spirit man under a microscope. You can't find him. The only way you know you're a spirit is the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's impossible to know that. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Now, what that means is that we are actually a fraternity. The church is a fraternity. We have a language other people don't know and we have a knowledge not imparted to other people. That makes us very, very different people. Yes. So, when you get around people who don't know you go, hmm, you're not in the fraternity. You don't know the handshake. <laughs> What's the code word? habasha. <laughs> okay. I mean, actually, it's pretty cool. Okay. So let's go back here and read this again. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be full of light. The eyes of your what? Heart. Your insides. Faith is of the heart. That's why there's things we don't get our prayers answered because we're trying to operate in faith out of our brain. Yes. People heard a scripture and they got it in their brain yeah. and it ain't working for them. Yeah. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them for out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't fake that. You can, you can throw a few confessions out every once in a while, but your heart's talking all the time and you're getting what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to do something with your heart if you want answers to prayer. Not your head. But the key to your your heart is your head. You've got to use your head first. Now, let me finish reading this and let me tell you a story. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you would know the hope That he called you. That's everything that he gave you when he called you out of darkness to light. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance because you're now a saint. All right. Go to Ephesians 2.8. And I want you to open your Bible over there. I want you to go over there and look at this. It's it's on the same page. but Just look at it. I'm going to read a scripture to you. 2.8, and I'm going to read it to you by adding definitions to the words as I read it. It is by grace, God's unmerited favor, that you have been saved, sozo, delivered from the curse of the law, and redeemed. Through faith, in the finished work of Jesus on the cross, in his death, burial, and resurrection, and not in anything you did, that faith is a gift from God. Faith in God. Whenever it says faith in God, the average Christian thinks faith in his existence. I believe in Jesus. Satan believes in Jesus. It's faith in the finished work of Jesus. That's what you're putting your faith in. In what he did when he died, and what he did down in hell, and what he did when he rose from the dead, and what he did when he sat down. That's what you're putting your faith in. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you on, on something that I've got to watch when I preach it. I sometimes will preach to you consecration. Your consecration does not get you your prayers answered. It draws you nearer to God. It's what Jesus did. That gets your prayers answered. Your faith is always in what Jesus did, not in your consecration. It's never in you. I went to church. i tithe. I've been living for God. Why hadn't God heard me? Because he doesn't hear you because of anything you did. He don't even want to. He don't even walk in the throne room talking to him about yourself. He don't want to hear it. He's not real impressed with us anyway. He is impressed with Jesus. So faith, faith. Paul said, I want you to have a revelation of what happened when Jesus died on the cross and then what happened to you when you received him. So I'm going to go back here a minute and I'm going to tell you a story. I had a lady named Judy Brown that I, and I had her pray these prayers for me right after I got born again. Brother Hagen put those prayers in a book called The Authority of the Believer, and I called Judy and I said, get the guys at Raymond to pray this for me. I had been studying the new birth for a year, and I, I didn't know any more after reading scriptures constantly on it than I did when I started. Now the only, Now, it's funny to me because you would have thought that I would have read the scriptures and just known that, but I did not. I read, and I kept, I kept, struggling with how does a person pray and they're saved how do they get saved because I know people use the name of Jesus all the time and I know they're not saved so I struggled with that and I was actually afraid to talk to someone about the Lord I would actually tell people about Jesus and then they'd say how do you get saved and I'd say go to church because I was afraid to lead him the Lord. I was afraid to pray with him that it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't work. I don't know. I wonder, how does it work? I did not know. Now, I had Judy pray for me, and I'm not going to make you turn to the Scriptures. I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm sitting on my couch one afternoon praying, and she started praying these prayers over me that Paul prayed over the Ephesians, that, that the eyes of Daryl's heart would be enlightened. I'm sitting on my couch and I saw the Holy Ghost come through the kitchen wall. I don't know how in the world you see in the spirit. Don't ask me how. I don't know how you do it. It just does it. And it came across like a wave, and it hit me, hit me in the face. And when it did, the Holy Ghost said, man does not go to hell for sinning. And I went, tell the Pentecostals that. <laughs> and he, he took John 3, 16 that I preach all the time. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. The world through Him might be saved. This is the condemnation, that light came into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. He took those scriptures and showed me that everyone had sinned, and Jesus had already died for everybody. And I went, wow. He said, so therefore, legally, I can't send a man to hell for sinning. Jesus already paid the debt. So man has to receive Jesus as Lord, so he has to put faith in what Jesus did. And I went, Ah, oh, I get it. That makes all the sense in the world. And from then on, and he took me over to Luke 16, and he showed me that, and I'm sure we're going to get into that in just a minute. But it was through revelation that I know, uh, what I preach to you is re- has been something God has revealed to me. Even though I studied it and studied and studied and studied it and studied it, I didn't get it. I read it and read it and read it. That's why you have to have mercy on people who don't get it. Now, let's use Lisa. Where is she? So I can pick on her. When I, when I married Lisa, because I knew this, I knew who I was in Christ, what belonged to me, I then assumed everyone would just get it. But Lisa didn't. And it aggravated me because I would say, it says right there in the Bible. And she'd get aggravated with me and go, I, you know, she would like, she wouldn't say, I don't get it. Because there's, pr- there's too much pride to say she didn't get it. <laughs> and that's when I made up this thing that Le- that God speaks, Elisa Beethan. Because I got, I got tired of trying to explain faith to lisa i got tired of trying to explain this thing that i understood because we'd been married like a couple of years and she grew up in assemblies of god calvary and played in the rock house and she'd been saved. she don't even know the day she got saved she got saved every sunday she went forward every she wanted to make sure one of them took you know her testimony is sweet she's a sweetheart so i call her god's granddaughter i believe So I went off in a closet, and I started praying for her. And I started praying these prayers over her. All of a sudden, she started going, she started saying things to me that she was seeing in the Bible. And I went, I went, I told you that. She said, no, the Lord showed me that. And I went, I told you that. But it wasn't until the Holy Ghost showed her did she get it. And that was, that to me, because how can two walk together unless you be agreed? It's funny how somebody will walk around and go to church, love the Lord, and they're just like, ah, uh, uh, I don't get this. And so even that there may be people in this room right here that are struggling with things in the Bible, I'm showing you how to pray for yourself. You don't, you're not, stop asking God to give you stuff. Ask him to show you. What he already did, that's your problem. He finished everything for you. You are complete in him. You're finished. Your righteousness is done. It's all been given you. You're already a joint heir with Jesus. But because you don't know about it, it doesn't make sense to you. You're not taking advantage and Satan's taking advantage of your ignorance. Now, that listen to me. There's not anybody in the room in there here today that is worse than anyone else. But there are people in here that are more ignorant than other people and, and not taking advantage of what's theirs. So you're living defeated. Now, let me stop for a minute and talk about religion for a minute because there are people in this church. You, you're good people, you love God, you come to church, and you're not doing what we've been preaching. You don't do it. You mentally assent to truth. And you're ignorant. You, and, you get, and, a, and the devil jumps on you and you fall apart. Like, like Andrew says, like a $2 suitcase. You fall apart. And you come along look at me and go, oh, God, where's God? And I'm going inside you. And talk to me. <laughs> Whose fault is that? It's yours, yeah. but maybe it's mine because I haven't taught you enough of this. Now I'm going to. I'm gonna, I'm showing you this so you can walk out here and go. Hmm. I know how to pray for myself, yeah. and I know how to pray for other people. Because some people you're talking to them, they don't get it. Just go home, pray for them. Be kind. Be nice. Yeah. Amen. All right, let's finish reading this because because. It, um, Well, because, 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 (laughs) because. All right, now this is what he's saying. He's saying, I want the eyes of your heart to be full of light so you'll know the hope of the calling. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward you who is a believer according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So, so, so we say this. But I don't know whether you really know it. So let's talk about it for a minute. Who went into hell and got Jesus out? Holy Ghost. That's a pretty big dude. Where is he right now? He's inside you. You, See, you you don't have a devil problem. You are a stupid person, but you don't have a devil problem. (laughs) You are driving a tank and crying about a kid with a cap gun, that's right. and that, thats a, thats a, see the church, the church, is ignorant. We're ignorant because you're walking around with God in you that went into hell and brought Jesus out and whooped every demon in hell, and you got one demon spirit that's messing with you, and you're crying. That proves you don't really know what, what happened. So I'm going to go back over to Luke 16, and I want to show you what happened. Go to Luke 16. Now, whoo! I'll tell you the rest of this in a minute. So Lisa's back now, so we can't say anything else about Lisa. No, baby, I was telling about the time I was praying the prayers of the Ephesians. Um. I don't know. She's probably, she thinks I embarrass her all the time, and I, and I, I really don't. Luke 16. She gets, a, she gets a chance at the pulpit. She gets a chance. All right, 1619. Now, let's go in here and read. It says, there was a certain rich man clothed in fir- purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sword, and the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom wasn't up in heaven, but there was a place down in hell called paradise that people in faith went to. Because Jesus hadn't risen from the dead. Now, when it says that he took captivity captive, he went into the paradise and took them to heaven. And when there was, the Bible says there was a great cloud of witnesses when Jesus rose from the dead and went up into heaven. And that great cloud was all those people. Now, when you go back and read your Bible, there's one mention in there. It's so cool, but it only says it one place, and it says nothing about it. It bugs me, but it says that when he rose from the dead, that a lot of dead people came out of graves and walked around Jerusalem. Would not that have been cool to see all those people in paradise coming back and grabbing their bodies just like Jesus and walking around Jerusalem? And it only mentions it once, and I'm going, tell us so much more about this. That is a cool scripture. So Jesus took them to heaven after that. So I wanted y'all to know that. Okay. You know, the Bible's quiet on some stuff, and I'm going, we want to know so much more. But he apparently told us what we need to know. So it was the beggar died carried by the Gabriel Being in torment and in hell, and I want you to get a new definition of hell. Hell is the absence of God. If heaven. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. Hell is hell because He isn't. So hell is one if you can imagine this, it's 100 percent darkness, it's 100 percent no joy. It's 100 percent no peace. It's 100 percent no water, it's 100 percent hell, because God's not there. God is love. God is life. God is joy. God is peace. Heaven is heaven. Because Jesus is there. Heaven is 100% God, 100% light, 100% joy, 100% peace. Amen. And the more you walk in God here, the more peace, righteousness, peace, and joy you have. So the idea of you coming to church is that the life that's in you would manifest on the outside of you and that would manifest joy and peace in your life even though circumstances are coming to knock you off your saddle. So the more of God you can get full of being filled with the fullness of God, the more of heaven you have now. Not religion, not coming in singing two kumbayas and praying a prayer and then asking God where in the Sam Hill he is. Where are you? You draw near to God. You draw near to God. You never draw near to God, you'll never have much of God. So you come out. well, I'm intelligent. No, you're not. You're an idiot. Don't match... Brains with God. Well, there's people I'd like to slap them. (laughs) Your brain is a peanut compared to the guy that slung stars in the universe. You don't sit around and talk about why that being in my brain, my brain, my brain. Turn your brain off and turn your heart on. You'll never get smart enough. I I ain't got God figured out. Well, you're never going to have God figure out. There was a guy that died and went to heaven, or he, well, he went to heaven and he came back. And while he was up there, he walked in a room. There was a library and it was called The Knowledge of God. He said it was a massive warehouse full of books that you could study God. And he walked in there and he said, hey, what is this? He said, this is The Room of the Knowledge of God. He said, how many of these books have you read? He said, I'm on the first one. He said, how many pages you read? He said, I'm still on page one. He said, how long have you been here? He says, only a 1,000 years. You don't have him figured out, guys. You won't have him figured out for a long time. Just give that one up. I'm not saying you don't have forever to, to, to work on it. Aren't people funny? They, I know this. Now you don't. Nah, no, you don't either. We see through a glass darkly too, sweetheart. Okay. And he cried, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip his finger, to tip his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. Now let me ask you a question. God showed me this scripture, and I was in my bedroom one day, and I began to pray, and I won't get into all of the how it happened, but I'm in the bedroom, and all of a sudden, out of my belly, my belly actually physically started to rumble around. I could feel it. And I felt it come up, and it felt like I was going to barf, but it was joy. It wasn't like sick. It was like, Ooh! and all of a sudden I opened my mouth, and water came out of my mouth and filled my house up. My house filled up with the glory of God. And I said, what was that? And he said, that's water. And he says, remember, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So then he takes me to this scripture, and he says, what did Lazarus, what did the, what did the, um, um, Lazarus won't, not Lazarus. The, the rich man will in hell. I said, well, he, oh, I heard people in hell want ice water. He said, well, if you were in hell, what would you want? I said, I want out. So did he. What he was asking for, because he's spiritually dead, his spirit's dead. That's why he's in hell. He died dead. If you're not a Christian, your spirit your is dead. And if you die dead, you go to hell, because that's where dead people go. You go to hell. So he said, I want one drop of the Zoe life of God on my tongue, and I'll come out of this place. So that's what he told the woman at the well. He said, I'll give you living water, and you'll have eternal life in you. So then the Lord showed me this. What happened to Jesus when he died? He died spiritually. Him who knew no sin became sin. Now listen to me, because I'm fixing to plow Every denomination you've ever been through to in your life, I'm about to plow their field sideways. Jesus died spiritually. If he didn't, you're going to hell. Because your problem was not physical. You were dead in sins, and he had to take your place. Jesus was immortal. And until he took sin. He couldn't have died on the cross. So him who knew no sin became sin. Now, now, this is another one. I'm going to blow your head. He didn't take your sin. He became it. That's why when you read the Old Testament and it says that, that as, as Moses lifted the snake, that's a type of Jesus. Jesus became as Satan. He became sin. Now, because he took sin and he paid the debt... He was the only man that had never sinned, so Satan had him in hell illegally. Mm. If he took you to hell, he had you there legally. (laughs) But he had Jesus illegally, so God legally could go down and Jesus, we say he raised him from the dead, but I'm going to say something to y'all right now. He was born again. Mm. Jesus right now is a born-again man. Exactly like you. Now, I'm not diminishing him, but I'm showing you what Paul said, show them this. Now do you see who you are? Amen. As Jesus is right now, you are. Now that will mess your head up. But Paul is asking... For God to show you what I just showed you. Are y'all getting this? When you start walking this way, you're no longer walking in defeat. I'm not trying to become anything. Say, "Wow." wow. Say it backwards. Once you get this, now you're walking around going, if that's true, and it is, why am I sitting here in this hell on earth? Wow. We think Paul shook a snake off because he was an apostle. No, because he is full of the life of God. Yeah. What are you full of? Now, the key is learning to get that life out of your spirit into your body. It's quiet in here, isn't it? Isn't this the neatest? This is, out, this, is, this is powerful. When you get around Mark Hankins, everything he's preaching, everything, is what I just said. Because he's trying to get the church rooted and established in the finished work of Jesus. So when you use your faith... By his stripes I'm healed. You're not trying to get healed. You you got everything you need in your spirit, man, to blow all the sickness out of your body. But it's your lack of knowledge that's keeping you sick because you got Jesus locked up inside you. Everybody sitting here going. That is about the coolest thing I ever heard in my entire life. Now, I just ruined you because you will never walk into another church again the longest day of your life and be content. Because I just gave you, I just gave you a knowledge that when you get around people and they go, well, we're just believing God for a breakthrough, you're going to look at them and go, what for? Do y'all see that? You're you're going to think different. You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You're going to act different. You're going to start actually acting like Jesus. And then people are going to go, You arrogant thing. Who do you think you are? And you're going to go, I'm a child of God, a Christian son of God, raised from the dead of righteousness. God. They're going to go, There's none righteous. No, not one. And then you're going to go, oh, bless your heart. And then you go, i got to go pray for you. And you're going to know that you have really changed. Jesus never woke up in the morning and went, oh, man, i got to get my faith up. Did he? Wow. Do y'all see what happened to him? So Jesus got born again down in hell. Hell is the absence of God, and hell now has a man full of God in him. I'm going to show you something else. Y'all want to see something cool? Now, don't tell anybody I'm showing you all this stuff in the Bible because it's, it's really inside information. Go to the book. Well, well go, go to Acts 2.27. Let me prove something to you first. If I don't prove it to you, you're going to walk out here and go, he said, uh, okay, okay. I didn't say it. I've got to show you where it is in the Bible so you'll walk away and go, that's actually in the Bible. Acts 2, 27. Peter's talking. Let's read 26. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad and my flesh also was rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in hell. That's a prayer that Jesus prayed. You will not leave my soul in hell. And Peter's preaching that. On the day of Pentecost, that what Jesus prayed. Now, that means he did go down into hell. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So he was raised from the dead, actually born again. Just like you. That is so cool. All right. Ephesians 4.9. Go back over there and let's read that. And then we'll go to Jonah. 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 4.9. Now this, he ascended... What does it mean that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? So I just gave you two scriptures, and I'm going to give you a third one that shows you that Jesus went to hell. Now, if you walk out of here in this church and you go to your friends and Jesus went to hell, well, they're going to throw a fit at you because they've never heard that in their whole life. Uh, How do you say this? Do not talk to a three-year-old about where babies really come from. You're going to have to use the stork light for a little while. You're going to have to just, you know, they come from mommy and a kissing. Don't get detailed with them (laughs) because they can't conceive the idea. Their brains are not wrapped around intercourse. You did what to mom? You know you're talking to a kid. Now later they'll come along and go, dad, we know. All right. If you're talking to a baby Christian and if you go on the internet and look up spiritual death you have every ignoramus on the planet calling up me a cult. Yes. Along with the prosperity cult and the faith cult and the healing cult. Anything good cult. Except what are they? Well, they're, they're babies. And the Holy Ghost had not showed them because their heart's not right. And don't, don't get upset about it. And, you know, if you want to backslide over it, then goodbye. I've actually had people get mad at me and, and because I preach this. And they said, the Internet says. And I go, oh, Internet. Oh, Internet. If you believe anything on the Internet, you're a nut. My God. God, the internet said, how would we ever do? (laughs) All right, go to to the book of Jonah. Aren't people funny? Sometimes I look at Facebook and I look at what's going on in the world and I go, oh, help me. All right, I got to find Jonah. It's in here somewhere. He's swimming around in a Jew fish. What kind of fish swallowed Jonah? Might have been a shark. What kind of fish was it? I think it was a Jewfish. <laughs> Come on, you guys got to have a little sense of humor about them sometime today. I got to find Jonah. That's a teeny, itty bitty, skinny little book, it's hiding. Well, where is Obadiah? Where's Micah? He's in Tennessee, baby. Hold on, I'll find it here in a minute. I'll find it here. You know, you know. one day we ought to read all these little prophets in the Bible. Because when you get to heaven, Obadiah is going to say, Did you read my book? And you're going to go, Who are you? And <laughs> never read Obadiah. Yeah, I have. I read it. All right, now, in the cartoon, in the cartoon, and Lisa, tell me, was it Veggie Tales or what was the cartoon? Jonah gets swallowed by a whale and he's in the whale and he has a candle and he lights a match and he has a little candle and he's sitting in the whale well, and he's floating around in the ocean praying. All right, that's cute. How long do you think you would live Underwater in a fish. You had drowned. Okay, okay. Let's just kind of get over that. Get you over tails for a minute. So contrary to whatever you may think, Jonah did not travel around living in the fish's belly. He was dead. He died. All right. I love my job other than trying to explain to you that Adam didn't eat an apple. (laughs) Let's start with Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. Well, you said he was dead. I, I said his body's dead. I didn't say he was. You know, when Nancy, my sister, died and went down into hell, she looked at me, she said, I was very alive. Eternal life does not mean you live forever. Dead people live forever. When you leave your body, you're very much alive. You can still pray, and they ain't listening. You can still talk, you can still scream, you can still holler forever. It is a long time to do it wrong. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried. Where is he? He's in hell. And you heard my voice, for you cast. Now Jesus said, as we read this, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They testify of me. And then he also said, no sign will be given this generation but the sign of Jonah. And as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So he says, Jonah will be a sign to this generation. Now let's finish reading about Jonah. For you cast me to the deep. He's actually prophesying about Jesus. You cast me to the deep into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. And I said, I have been cast out of your sight in sin. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even my soul. The deep closed around me, and weeds wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. How many mountains do you know in a fish? There aren't any mountains in a fish. So he's left the fish, hadn't he? Yeah, he's, in, he's gone down into the heart of the earth. And the earth not not the stomach, with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O oh Lord my God. So he's talking there, prophesying about Jesus. Jesus left, went into the pit of hell. So I said that to you, because if he didn't go to hell, you are. But because... He was born again in hell, and hell can't hold him with the life of God in him. Can hell hold you if you die with the life of God in you? No. No. That's why he gave you his zoe. You can't go to hell because you're not dead. You're alive with the life of God. So Paul is praying that you would have this as a revelation. He wants the church to come into a revelation of who they are and what God did when what He gave you. Yes. Amen. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Is y'all ready to go deeper? Can we go a little deeper? Wow. How are we doing for time? We're running out of time. Let's go back to the book of Ephesians now, chapter 1. Is this not an awesome prayer? As you take it apart, it makes, like, oh, my God, what a prayer. I want you, when you leave here today, your assignment is start praying this over yourself and loved ones every day for six months. Just start praying The prayer, Ephesians 1, 16 through 23. These are just other scriptures that I put up there so that, because I knew that y'all were going to hear, where are the scriptures? What did you say? I said, get me a whiteboard. I'm going to write them down. All right, and I'll even write the other ones up here in a minute for you in case you want to know. In the book of Ephesians, go over here and look at this. Let's go back. What is the exceeding greatness of his power, what power, that raised him from the dead? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he brought him from the dead, spiritual death. Brought him from spiritual death and set him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now, we'll get into that briefly. Far above principality, power, might, and dominion, every name, this name, not only in this age, is that which to come put everything under his feet and gave everything to be the head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, and you. Now, now take away the, the chapter 2, and, and let's read chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive. The word he made alive is italicized because it's not in the Greek. It's not in there. But, but and, and, and this is a pet peeve of mine, so please forgive me as I tell you that I don't know why in the world they did this. Why would you take a, in the middle of a scripture, in the middle of a thought, and make another chapter? I'm thinking that's just Stupid. So get rid of chapter 2, verse 1. Just get, get rid of it. Because you can't understand chapter 2, verse 1 unless you tie it to what he just said. Because the verb that controls chapter 2, verse 1 is back in the former scripture. Yes. All right. If you went to school, you learned English. You learned this. All right. Now, now listen as I read this. In chapter 2, and you who were dead in sin. All right, now let's go back to 20. And he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and you who were dead when he set him at his own right hand and you when you were dead at the right hand of God far above principalities and you who were dead and gave you dominion over every name that's named and you that was dead. And he put everything under his feet and you that was dead and gave him to be the head over all things to the church and to you. Everything he did in Jesus, he did it in you. That's the whole point of chapter 2 verse 1. He's tying it back in. Everything that happened in Jesus, God did it in you. And he's saying, God give them a revelation of who they are. What I already did and finished. Go to Colossians. We're running out of time. Say, oh, thank you, Jesus. All right. The, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are written to us. But the the epistles are written for us. Everything that Jesus did in his earth walk was a precursor to the cross. Paul, Jesus said, I have a lot I want to say to you, but the Holy Ghost will teach you these things. The Holy Ghost has been given to you inside of you to show you what belongs to you now. All right, let's, let's, let's talk about tongues for a second. You will never understand your Bible unless you pray in tongues. Amen. I don't care who you are. And I'll tell you this right now so that it'll blow your mind. Billy Graham spoke in tongues. He just said, I didn't feel like it was something I need to broadcast. I just need to stay on task. God told me to go evangelize. So the, all the great men of God that have ever rocked the planet, all of them, Spoken tongues. Yeah. Yeah. True, they say Wesley used to get under the, under the pews in a church and groan. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're thinking groan. Well, you know, I don't know what you're doing. You're like, oh, da, 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 da. they go. I don't know what he's saying in there, but <laughs> he's praying the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ha ha ha! On the devil. Now a lot of them didn't know what was. A ha- lot of them though. I don't know what in the world that is. But uh, you know what? Okay, never mind. Real fast, 127. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is that mystery? Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Now we're out of time tonight. I got a few minutes and I don't want to do this. Adam and Eve were not nude. They weren't running around naked. They were clothed in glory, and when they sinned, it lifted, and then they were nude. That's why they didn't see it. Angels do not run around in linen and cotton. They're clothed in glory. Your spirit, man, is clothed in glory. Not going to be, it is. You you walk around right now with the glory in you. If a demon walked in this room right now, he could spot every born-again Christian in this room, because you glow in the dark. Woo. And the more you pray in tongues, the brighter you get. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to show you in the natural, go get a little Coleman lantern and pour a little gas in it, and then light it, and it's gonna. You know, and you go. Go, woo, woo. That, ton, that Coleman is praying in tongues. <laughs> it's building itself up. Okay. So people come and say, well, I don't understand the Bible. So you're praying the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, I'm praying much. You know, I do some. I don't really pray much. I'm thinking, kind of that, kind of, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. And, you know, I didn't really think it was that important. And, you know, I don't know. That it don't make no sense to me. Oh, you're, going to be a, you're going to be dumb as a rock forever. I'm just, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. Your, your head and your heart are fighting. Go ahead and do it out of duty. If you can't do it any other way, then just do it and just do it and get up and go. That and feel squat and do it anyway. Here, I'm going to prove something to you. When you came here tonight in your automobile, did you feel your alternator working? No, no. That stupid alternator. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you how you know it was. If you go out and you put your key in, it goes, whoom, the alternator was working. No. But if you put your key in, it goes, wah, wah, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. So when you come into church and you go, wah, wah, <laughs> I look at you and go, I know you haven't been praying in the Holy Ghost. Because nobody said it was a feeling. Boy, are y'all out there. (laughs) All right, all right, I got one more scripture. Colossians 2, 9. In him, Jesus... Dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And who? You You are complete. Finished. There ain't anything else he needs to be doing inside of you. He's finished all of the work. Now here is where the work is. Finding out who you are. And working that out. From the inside out. You need to work your healing out. Work your knowledge out. Work your joy out. The more you're praying, the more you're meditating on the word, the more you're walking in the spirit. You're taking what's in you and bringing it out. So we have to stop asking God to give us what he already gave you inside of you. Yeah. So let's, let me show you a stupid prayer. Oh, God, heal me. He goes, I did. And you go, oh. Or you go, I am alive with the life and nature of almighty God. Greater is He that is in me, and I am the healed by faith, by grace through faith. He said, "You have what you say. You're the one with the keys, setting the 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 the, the limits on your life with your mouth." That's how Jesus used His mouth. God used His mouth. He said, you use your mouth. Yes. If you curse it, it'll die. If you bless it, it'll live. Yes. Why curse yourself? Oh, I'm so sick. I'm just, that's I'm that's telling true. you what, it was I had the worst day yesterday, and I'm just so yeah. dumb. I'm the stupidest person in the world. And you're going, I hope God don't get in agreement with that. <laughs> they all see and you understand. And they come along and make fun of us and go, well, I sat and it, claim it grab a bunch. no. We actually have learned how to turn the switch on. Do y'all get that? Now, we're not talking about everybody else. Quit trying to make other people get saved by praying this over them. They have a will. You can't cram truth down someone else. But if their heart is open, take authority of the devil and pray over them. If they open their heart, then they'll start getting it. I told you all ago I started praying for Lisa because I realized that the way I was saying it, Lisa didn't get it. But yet God knew how to say it to her. It wasn't that her heart wasn't right. It's just that her head was like, you're not making sense to me. Because the way God showed me was different than the way he showed her. So when someone says, I, 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 well, I still didn't get it. I came to a Wednesday night and I, I, I didn't get anything he <laughs> said. Go start praying the prayers of the Ephesians over yourself. And let God, the Holy Ghost, will start showing you things. You'll be reading your Bible and go, what? Oh, my God, I have never read that. Oh, are you? Oh. And then you'll be running around going, did y'all ever read that? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that? Read the Bible? Oh, my God, you I've in a Bible. And they'll go, no, I don't understand. <laughs> Do y'all get this? So we go from glory, glory. to glory. Yeah. Every, the more you pray, the more you walk, you, you get another piece. Another piece, another piece, you get another piece. Now, there's a grace on you for a season. God has kept y'all, but he is not going to baby you forever. That's why some of y'all think, he left me. No, he didn't. You you big baby, he put you down. Just get over it. And he's going, now you're going to walk. Pick me up, Jesus. Pick me up. I remember the way you used to treat me when I first got saved. Yeah, well, you were a baby then. He ain't treating you like that now. Do y'all see that? And that's why sometimes if you get, and I don't want to say that, will hurt your feelings. If you're going to get in the healing line, get in faith. Don't come up here and think that I'm going to do, because you're just going to plop in the floor. You're going to get upset. At some point, you're going to have to come up here and say, I am getting the healing line. I do want you to lay hands on me. But I'm on the Word. I got my Bible out. I'm on the Word on this thing. Listen, I'm the healed, and I'm not taking this in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to get in agreement. Now, that's the right way to do it. Now, if you're a baby, oh, you can just come up here, and we'll get you healed. And you can go home and be stupid for another year. But Listen. Do y'all understand what I'm talking about? All right, all right. Well, I'm done. I'm out of time, boy. Now, let me ask you a question. Does this help? Isn't, isn't this absolutely one of the most powerful things you've ever heard in your life? Amen. Now, that's, that's, that scripture there tonight separates this church from every other church in the city. I'm not saying we're better than everybody. That's what someone says, what kind of church do you go to? Well, I'd say a good one. But that, that's a revelation from that God gave me that changed me. Now, I've been all over this earth. I've been to 19 nations. I've raised two people from the dead. Not because I'm better than you are, but because I know something. I know how to take that life in me and lay my hands on you and drive that death off your body. Now, does it, can I do it all the time? Well, no. I, no, you can't. Jesus couldn't either. But do you understand the difference now? We're not running around. Oh God! Oh God! I mean, just lay hands in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I'd like to. I mean, one day I'll tell you the stories about uh, this guy. And and uh, Venezuela came. And he he, his um, he looked like the coffee bean guy, Juan one, one, one Carlos. And I and I and he came in. I mean, y'all got time to hear a stupid, crazy story? I'm in Guadal. It was Venezuela and down in um, San Cristobal, and. Uh, and it made me mad because I got there and the pastor went on vacation and left the church. And, and there wasn't like a 30 people in a 500-member church. And he just really did me wrong. Right. And so I knew these people didn't believe in instant healing. I just preached it hard to make them mad. I just went to, I wasn't <laughs> going to come back. So this guy comes up and, he, I, and I, he, I said, anybody want to be healed? And he stands up and says, si hermano. And I'm, I don't know his name, but I said, what's your name? Como se llama? He said, Juan Carlos. And I said, well, come on up here. And I said, Juan Carlos, are you born again? No, hermano. I said, oh, man. I said, so I looked at the whole crowd, and I said, now I'm going to tell you. See, they don't believe in instant new birth. And they don't, they don't believe in instant being filled with the Holy Ghost in some places. They think you've got to tarry for months and months and months, or God doesn't do it. So I looked at the crowd and I said, he's going to be born again instantly. And he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost instantly. And he's going to be healed instantly. And they're all like, I don't believe it. I said, well, y'all just, you know, I was just, I was so mad. I got him born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and got him healed. The next night, the building is packed with people. And at the end of the week, the pastor comes back into town, and we accidentally ran into him at a pizza parlor. And he was so embarrassed. He goes, well, how'd the meetings go? I said, they went real good. I said, you know, we had so many X number of people, hundreds of people born again filled with the Holy Ghost. And I mean, he just just was a rude human being just to do what he did. But I used his church, and we had a revival. We had a move of God. But one guy got born again healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I mean, they told everybody. I mean, night, that building was people hanging in the rafters. And, and we preached all, I mean, all week long. It was awesome. But, you know, anyway, never mind. See at our mama. So the life of God's in us. Amen. Amen. The same spirit, same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead Lives inside of me. What a statement! Greater is he that is inside of me than all the devils of hell in the earth. Woo! As he is, so am I in the earth. I'm complete. Woo! I mean, you understand what you're saying? That'll actually make you happy. Now, when you say that, you're confessing. Yes. But you're just saying what he said. Do you understand? Yes. But you need to, you need, your ears need to hear you say what he did because your heart needs to hear that. Yes. That's where faith comes from. Yes. Okay, get out of here tonight. God bless every one of you. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.